Leadership is the Conversation, a discussion with today's top business leaders on topics to keep busy professionals informed. Today in the studios, we have Jim Dixon of Equus Consulting, and I am your host, Rick Ainsworth. Today, we're going to review one of Jim's favorite books, Michael Bungay Stainer's book, The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever. Okay, one of the things, Jim, that, you know, when we do a book review that I, I, I want to stay away from, and that's basically outlining the book, uh, because then our readers, I mean, why, why go buy the book? And, th- and this is an excellent book that I would suggest and highly recommend our folks to go read. But by the same token, I also want to make sure that we capture the content for them so that they've got an idea of exactly what the content is. And Stainer approaches his coaching habit around these seven questions. And the formula that we talked about, um, he does have a little bit of a progression because he starts out with a kickstart question and ends uh, he bookends, or he's, he calls it a bookend question. The final question, his seventh question, I think, is called the learning question. So the five questions in between the, the kickoff question and the, the learning question, he basically takes the person through a process of discovering the coaching solution. You've utilized that process a lot over the years. Can you give us an example of where that process has been successful. And then I'm going to ask you where it failed. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, I think the, first of all, before I actually say anything on that, it, when I read this book, it was a little bit like uh, the scene from the wizard of Oz. Mm. And it was like, mm-hmm. when I read the book, I thought, Oh my gosh, this is the scene with the wizard where, you know, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain type of thing, you know, cause you kind of like just took the curtain aside for what do coaches do? Because this is what I do for a living. Right. Right. This is actually what I do day by day. And the questions, like the five questions in between the kickstart question and the uh, uh, final question are really a question of trying to uh, logically get to a particular point. I mean, there's a lot of information out there in the world Mm -hmm. So you want the person to talk a lot about what all is going on in the world. Then you kind of get it, dwell it down to what's most important for you. And then you kind of dwell it down to you. How can I actually help with that? So it's a little bit of logical progression, which is basically what I do. I think back in your question, I think back on some of the successes and or failures that I've had. Gladly, I can actually report more on successes that I had a particular CEO that I was coaching for a number of years that I would go in, I would sit in his office quarterly and literally I would, I would get him to talking Mm -hmm. basically the kickstart question. Right. And he would continue to talk very much talk. And I would just sit there and listen very intently to what he was actually saying. Now, I ultimately got to to the point where I say, well, what's most important to you right now? You know, so I'm right. kind of following the very things that Stanier is talking about. What's interesting, though, is this went on for session after session after session. 
And then Mm -hmm. I had enough guts or courage to say to the individual, are you getting anything out of this? Because we're spending a lot of your company's money and a lot of your time as a CEO in doing this. I just want to make sure that you're getting something out of this. And that's when he affirmed back to me, this is exactly what I need. I need to talk to someone to share with them what else going on in my world because I have no mm-hmm. one else to talk to. Who else am I going to talk to about this? And you get me to the point where I actually realize that the solution is in all the information that's out there. So that's the beauty that you're offering is that right. a lot of this, uh, a lot of the solutions are in the material that I have already. And one of the things I've learned in all these years is that people have a lot of ownership into their own success. And if you tell them what to do, you're, you're robbing them of that quote unquote ego. I mean, all of Mm -hmm. us have an ego that we want to be important in, in the world. Well, if I tell you something, I'm actually telling you that your ego is not worth anything. Well, if I build on it and have you actually participate in the conversation, then your ego is intact. You know, it really is in place. Mm-hmm. Now, the other part of your question, which was a multiple <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the bad thing that somebody does should not ask multiple questions. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the other part was uh, failures. Uh, I, I think the only failures that I can really think of, it's not a failure in the process. It's a failure in the protege. And that okay. is there has to be full uh, trust and ownership in this dialogue. Uh, a coaching uh, engagement is only as good as the protege, the individual right. willing to share all the information. If they hold back the information, the coach, if you will, cannot possibly help them find a solution because they're not sharing all the information. Right. So that's, uh, that's what I would say, Rick, to that, that particular one is the, any failures that I would see in my career really related to the fact that the individual was not willing to share all the information. Yeah. The thought occurred to me as you were saying that, that, you know, there, there, the protege who's looking for the answer book, right? And this really isn't an answer book. It's a question book. (laughs) And the protege actually has to find the answer within them, not within you. I had an interesting scenario that, oh, happened relatively recently. Uh, We were engaged by a client to come in and coach, if you will, the incoming CEO for that company. Well, we were engaged by the chairman of the board, who Mm -hmm. was the outgoing CEO. And he felt like that we needed to fix it. We need to fix this guy because this guy needs to have this. And we did a 360. Okay. And I read the 360 pretty thoroughly. And I realized that the the new CEO didn't need fixing. He didn't need fixing. Right. He he has all the talent on board. He didn't need me to come in and say, do this, do that, do this, do that. So as a result, our first coaching sessions, I relayed to this person, my intent is to basically 
establish a dialogue with you to look at the challenges that you're having and help you solve those particular things because I think you have all the talent to solve it. So I, I resisted the temptation to fix it, even though the chairman of the board said we need to fix this. <laughs> I thought, that isn't the solution. I'm sorry. It is another solution. It's a dialogue. And I, I must say that to this day, he's still a client of ours, by the way. He, um, he truly has stepped up the plate. He truly is a very, very strong CEO. And it, he was in the beginning. It's just he's even stronger today. Right. One of the things you, you mentioned, uh, I think it was in Steiner's book as well, the difference between what I'll call a performance and a development question. You know, I, I think you know from a coaching standpoint, what do they need? Is this is this a development coaching session or is it a performance session? That's a very good question because actually this is that circles it right back around to the very original thing that we talked about. If I'm a manager and I have a performance issue, then I put a, that I need to put on my fix it hat. Because if I'm having a right. performance issue with someone, I need to fix it. You know, if indeed though I have someone I need to develop, I need to put on my coaching hat. So it's two different hats that I need to wear of how you performance, fix it, you know, development, coach. Very simple. Okay. One of the other topics that I want to stay true to Stainer's book that he talks about at length is, you know, that most people go into coaching thinking that, that it's a long drawn out process that it has, you know, it is this big, production and Stainer does a pretty good job of, of saying no you can coach in as little as 10 minutes oh yeah yeah I, I think that's why he um, has found through his practice that if you stay true to the questions or at least asking all the questions maybe not in the same order but you're asking right. all the questions then it doesn't necessarily need to take you a long time that if I if I cover all these bases, it could only take me ten minutes. If I cover, but if I cover all these bases and there are a lot of things on your plate that need to be solved, maybe it takes me a little bit longer. All right, so it doesn't have to take forever. It just depends upon the situation. What haven't I covered, Jim, in this book? The only thing that actually you alluded to just recently is. Uh, time. I think, <laughs> I think managers get caught in no pun intended because I know there's another book out there that's been, that was written years ago called the time trap. Managers fall into this time trap of the fact that I need to fix things and I need to fix them now. You right. know, well that, if that truly is the case, then you're fixing things. Uh, coaching people is going to take you a little bit more time. Like you could come into my office and uh, say, Hey, I'm having a, a problem with X, Y, Z, you know, and uh, I might be able to fix it because of my uh, level X ex- expertise. It might take me one minute, just like mm-hmm. that. And it's done. Right. 
but to get you to take ownership of the XYZ project or whatever it might be that you're having a little bit of difficulty with, it might take me 10 minutes. So you see the difference between right. a one-minute fix and a 10-minute coach. We talked about looking at the author and, and their point of view with the, where they're coming at with writing the book. One of the other things I look at when I look at a business book before I read it or what other people have said and what other people have um, commented about the book. And I think you, you had a, a very good insight when you picked up this book and looked at it. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, one of the authors that I uh, respect a lot is Brene Brown. Brene Brown has written a number of very, very solid leadership books. So when she endorsed this book, that meant a lot to me. And here's what she said. It takes courage to ask a question rather than offer up advice, provide an answer, or unleash a solution. Giving another person the opportunity to find their own way, make their own mistakes, and create their own wisdom is both brave and vulnerable. It can also mean unlearning our fix-it habit. Bottom line, would you recommend this book to our clients to go out and buy? Oh, highly. I would highly. I've actually talked to a number of clients over the years, and I've recommended other books uh, that have been out there because they're focused on a particular uh, solution. But in general, I would say all managers would get a great deal out of this book. Thank you, Jim, for your review of Michael Bungay Stainer's book, The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever, Box of Crayons Press. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on Leadership is the Conversation. Visit us on our website at www.equisconsulting.com. All views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the individual participants and do not necessarily represent the views of any organization, employer, or group.